What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Modeling Power Narrative Podcast, where we work towards mastering empathetic navigation. I'm your co-host, Jordan Flowers. I'm Jacob Hale. And I'm BJ Wilson. Yes, indeed. Before we get into today's episode, you know I got to do a little promo for us. Make sure that you guys subscribe, like, comment, share your favorite podcast. Um, Hale, you want to take over a little bit from there? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so go ahead, Instagram, at underscore men the podcast mastered the name so that's awesome and then definitely check us out on youtube men the podcast pretty straightforward uh starting to ramp things up definitely getting our videos go ahead and check the videos out honestly they're they're really cool um definitely a lot of work involved in it shout out to bj who's our audio and editor of course he's done an amazing job um especially he gets really bad at me because i has some pretty bad Wi-Fi, so he's had to, he's done a lot of magic. I will say that he's Absolutely. done a lot of done a lot of magic to make it look really nice, and it's it's really good quality. So we all appreciate that, BJ. And then uh, go to our TikTok, which is Ben Period the Period Podcast, all one word. Absolutely. And them guys help me out a lot with the media stuff. They know I'm more of the documentation and all that things. But like I said, go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, share. All of our, our content, all of our episodes are available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course here on the YouTube platform. Um, Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify, we also have season one. We did that all audio. So we got a lot more content that's just not on YouTube, but there's some great episodes that we've done there as well. Before we get into the episode and before I get into my main man, BJ, and introducing him um, in the podcast, we'd like to give a shout out to our partners, Mark Kicks. Get out them for your, all your exclusive sneaker needs and pre-orders for future drops. The website link and contact information for his shoe purchases will be below in a video description. Without further ado, though, we got a we got the man of the hour in the building. My man, BJ Wilson. How we doing, big dog? We're doing phenomenal. Phenomenal. Great to be man. here. Yes, sir. Man, it's great yes. for people to be able to see you, man. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing because you've obviously, Hale has talked about all the things that you do behind the scenes, but to get you on camera to show people that you are a part of, you make this thing happen. You know, you make this thing happen. So, and we got some more valuable information that you can, um, input with us. Also, Trey wants to, um, kind of sk- skedaddle on us. At the last moment, constantly, he wants to work towards his dreams and wants to be a nurse so bad. So he uh, had to work overnight. So it's all good. All love, Trey. When you see this, I'm still mad at you about that. But we got a great replacement in actually a better person, in my opinion. But uh, that's a debate for debate for another day. But let's do some quick check ins, man. Let's do some quick check. Yeah, I know he's going to see this and be mad, but he'll be all right. (laughs) He'll be all right. Uh, hell, man. How we doing today, man? What's going on? How we feeling? Yeah, doing well. Going uh, to keep it short, but I do want to say uh, recently went back to homecoming from my alma mater. Uh, and I would just like to uh, give a shout out to all the people out there. They were great. Uh, surprisingly, it, it's always humbling to hear people that have actually listened to the podcast and Beyond that, I've had some very meaningful stuff to say, you know, ask me about episodes and things, you know, that is very humbling because, again, we are very new. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of building as we're flying type of thing. There's a lot of 
tricks that's going on behind the scenes that we constantly try to figure out and work out and everything. So still very humbling experience and it's great. And I love the fact that we have, we're growing an audience that is open to talk about it and, and congratulate us and, and dive deeper into certain conversations. So shout out to everyone who reached out and came up to me and talked about it. It's been a supporter. It keeps supporting. We love it. It, it keeps us going. It's, it's really awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. We always love to support, um, love to support. And like, like you said, you never really know until people tell us about the impact that we have. And obviously we do it for that. Right. That's the we got into this bit or into this thing to kind of have those tough topic conversations that we have, you know, in person. But we don't ever really share them or we don't have them enough. Right. Especially growing into young men, young black men in America. Um, these are conversations that we got to have the hard conversations and these are the things that's going to help us grow. So it's always important to get that support and to hear it firsthand because that's that's what we do it for. That's what we do it for. So it's refreshing to hear. So um, thank you for sharing. My man, BJ, man, how we feeling today? What's going on with you, man? We in the middle of the season. My guy, yep. uh, how your body feeling? What's, what's going on? I played 104 plays on Saturday. We averaged Jesus. like 60. My body is exhausted, but we're just getting ready for the next week. Next game, pulled out a, a great win as a team. So that that's all that I cared about after that one. Besides Absolutely. that, the week's going great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So besides see, that, the on, week's man, going. We, yeah. And we oh, yeah, represent the same buddy, represent, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Quincy University out there, man. Of Shout course. out to all them Hawks out there, man. I was the a former Hawks. UCM. Shout out to Death Row, yeah. too. Well, I don't know so if we can shout them out. That might not be my name. That's the MRD line, so. Let me not shout them out. Hey, come to <laughs> but nah, my man BJ is in the middle of a season, bro. So for you to hop on this podcast and to hop on this episode and to share your advice and wisdom on this topic, um, definitely means a lot. What you, what people also don't know about BJ, and if you don't know him, and for the people that's out there viewing him, he's sitting down right now, right? So what you don't know about the dude is the dude is massive. Like, so, dude, I, 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 I'm, I'm the shortest one in the group, by the way. This is crazy. And I'm like, we short. This is crazy. <laughs> My man, BJ, yeah, nah, we, we, we appreciate you a lot, bro. And uh, glad to have you in on this episode because this episode is the one. This is the one where I think hell is going to star. I think I'm going to star a little bit too, but BJ is going to be the one that kind of mellows uh, us out because the enforcer, as we have labeled him uh, some months back, the critical one, as I label him myself, um, we're getting into a topic called avoiding self-sabotage, getting out of our own way. So before we get into that, um, we got to do some little, de- you know, some defining things. Uh, definitely got to define self-sabotage and what it is. So it's a psychological concept, the act of deliberately hindering, hindering our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. Right. So the one thing I will slightly push back on with that de- uh, that that definition is the deliberate part. Because some of these moments we can partake in like self-sabotaging behaviors unknowingly and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So with that being said, before we take a deeper dive into self-sabotage and all of its manifestations, I want to ask you guys, do you believe that humans self-sabotage more deliberately or on purpose or more unknowingly uh, without noticing? And why do you believe that? So I'll, I'll go with you, Hale. What is your take on that question? I think more often than not, and when I say more often than not, I re- it's 80%, 20%, in my opinion. You can put a number on 80%, it too. Yeah, 80% of the time, 
I believe it's deliberate. I really do. And the 20%, well, I'll explain it like this. To Up to a certain point, there's going to be a turning point, right? Because when you're an adolescent growing up, you know, obviously you really don't know. So right. there's going to be a turning point. So my stance is going to be somewhere around the high school age when you're really starting to develop and mature. That's going to be a very dramatic flip from unknowingly to deliberately. Um, and when it comes to deliberately, I mean, obviously you disagree on this, but my sense has always been this, is that a lot of people may not know like what could happen or what's going to happen, but right. they have a very good scope and understanding, kind of like when we talk about awareness and everything. And what I believe is some people will be like, it's kind of a good example of it would be like, you know, you shouldn't be out 12 p.m., 1 a.m., you know, no good things happen at that time, right? Well, right. you may not guess what could happen, but if you're constantly out at that time and then something were to happen, I do believe that that would be a deliberate sense because you already knew and understood what could happen. Maybe you can't guess the, the specifics of it, but because right. of that, and you took that chance and went through that, I, I consider that as being deliberate. Absolutely. And I, and to a certain degree, I, 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 I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we put ourselves in bad situations, right? And you kind of just, we talking about the risk reward system, right? You understand, but you touch the stove, you know, a few times you're going to get burnt, bro. The more you touch it, right? So at some point, something is going to happen that's out of your control, but you understand the risk that you put, but there's risk to everything. So I think it's a, uh, but I, I, to your, to your point, I think I do degree, uh, I do agree to a certain extent because we know what we be doing. Let's call it spade a spade. You know, that's my favorite thing. I'm a straight shooter, bro. Call it spade a spade, bro. We know what we doing. We know the risk that's associated with some of the stuff that we do. And you, and we always act surprised when it happens, right? Like, oh, how dare that happen to me when we knew that this was very much a possibility for us. So. Um, to that degree, I do uh, agree with you on that hill. So I'll switch to you, BJ, or I'll pivot to you. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we're more deliberate in our self-sabotage when we do it, or we do it more unknowingly? So if I were to say it, I think it's uh, it kind of depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at yourself, I feel like we're mm -hmm. more likely to think that we didn't intend to do that. We never thought that would happen to us, things like that. But when we're looking at other people, we're a little more critical about it. So kind of to Hale's 80-20% thing where 80% people know what they're doing, 20% they don't, 80% of the time you're looking at other people, that 20% of the time you're looking at yourself, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I really think there's no really, not really a right answer. Um, it's very hard to discern, especially with how critical we can be of others. Absolutely. Now, you bring up a good point. We always looking outside of ourselves. Hence why this season is called Summer of Self-Awareness. This is an I thing. We need to start looking at I. Um, yep. but you, you're absolutely right in that is that we all have this thing where it's never going to happen to us. And you know who believe that? The same people that it happened to. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? To, we always put ourselves above something ha bad happening to us until it happens. And we could get into a conversation about empathy with that because a lot of people don't empathize with the people that go through stuff for the simple fact that they've never been through that. And then when it does happen, 
now it's like, oh my God, now I finally see, you know what I'm saying? So it should never come to that point, but we all do it. I've done it. I'm pretty sure y'all have done it at some point, but sure. we just kind of got to recognize that um, in that manner. So we just gave a few examples and spoke to the manner in which self-sabotaging occurs, but there are telltale signs or behaviors that are associated with self-sabotaging, right? So that, that, that goes to my next question. What are some identifiable characteristics or behaviors that we could look for in ourselves and or others that are associated with self-sabotaging? And can you give an example of these behaviors? And I'll go with you, Hell, on this one. Yeah, there's three for sure that I tend to see. Most of the time, the person displays all three of them, but one of the three is just as dangerous, in my opinion. So the first one I start off with is their attitude or general mood. And it it destroys me inside to watch a fully healthy, capable human being walk through life with sadness and mm -hmm. looks at every single type of thing to happen as the worst case scenario, the end of the world. It really destroys me. And part of the reason why is that there's so much good that they can look at. I'm a very optimistic person. So to see someone who's not that optimistic when you, it seems like they have everything going for them, as in they're alive, they woke up today, they're healthy, um, and everything else, they have the opportunity to do more every day. You know, I feel like that's one of those self-sabotaging things where you, you get so blinded by the negativity that you can't see any other type of way. And because of that, you can't move or do any other type of way. And that jumps to my second point, which is, being stagnant. Now, okay. stagnant like can that. be stagnant can be vague. One thing I will say is that stagnant doesn't always necessarily have to be a monetary value. It can just right. be on what's going on with the person. How is the person doing? I've made this example a while ago, but my example is look at your life now and then look at your, your life six months ago. And then what was your life six months ago and what has changed from then? It doesn't have to be just about the money, but are you a better person? Have you grown at all? Anything like that. So noticing that in a person, like if you leave for a year, if you go to college for a certain amount of time, you know, you graduate from college, you come back and your friends are doing the exact same thing. That's stagnant to me. You know, if there's right. no plan, there's no going anywhere. And then the third point, which ties it all together is the work ethic. You know, I've, it's so one thing that I've grown to hate in this world is lazy people. That's a, and the reason on, that's, why, a, that's a big word. That's a that's a that is, that is a very big word. Dislike. That's a very let's big let's word. go with dislike. Let's go with dislike because we're modeling empowered narratives. Yeah, I, I yeah yeah. I'm not <laughs> with dislike. They're trying to they're trying to keep me keep my levels down. Yeah, making, yeah. getting a little amped up, of course. No, go um, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. Um, somewhere in between dislike and hate, but not directly hate. Since I don't, don't hate, know, the we don't hate anybody. Okay. We don't hate anybody. Right. Yep. Go ahead. But on a, on a serious note, uh, with work ethic, um, what one thing I tend to not like is someone who I feel is lazy. Now, I feel like I've been blessed to a degree to want to have a certain work ethic that I do have, right? So right. it's not really much of me projecting how I feel like the person should be working. It should be something that's pretty blatant, is that is the person, 
it's the it's the person doing the same thing with the stagnant, with the attitude. You know, odds are they're not going to have that good of a work ethic. And the best way to judge about someone's work ethic is you would know if someone can do more. You know, you would know if someone can do better. There's always that person you've known that's like, wow, he's such a great athlete. Only if he applied himself more. Wow, he's super right. smart. Only if he studied for tests. You know, it, it becomes very apparent. You know, it's not as subjective as people like to make it seem. You right. can look at someone, you can be around someone and realize that they're not doing as much as they could be doing. Doesn't have to be specifically what you're imagining, but you can tell that they're slacking. They're not giving it their all. And those are just very, very blatant but negative qualities that you can see that someone's, uh, you know, someone's not doing better. They're not, they're not right. doing what they need to do. And it's a, and I, it's a, uh, and this is what the only pushback I'll have with that is that we kind of, and when we talk about like how we all come from different like childhoods, come from different experiences, right? So what we saw, where we grew up, is what we usually become, or we run away from it. So I will say that like there are some people that don't know that, right? Some people that saw people around and their level of success is something that we can't really fathom because we were, we kind of were blessed and fortunate in one area or not. We and just getting to know us as people, right? And I'm never going to, you know, guess on somebody's family situation because it always could be better, but it also could always be worse as well. And so we were fortunate enough regards to have, you know, decent to good families. I mean, every everything, like I said, could have been better. But at the end of the day, like we have people and role models in our life, especially in sports, where we got to see the right way for the most part and got to discern right from wrong. But in a lot of sense, some people don't really have that. Now, do I do I think sometimes to now hell where I will say I agree with you is that do I think people kind of use that as a crutch? What they don't have, they feel like they they don't you know, what I'm saying we just lean on that like what never was taught that. So that's just going to be me. Then, yeah, we do. But at the same time, some some of these things are some things that we just don't learn until later in life. And we just kind of got to explore and kind of build that on our own. But it's a little bit harder when you're not coming from an environment that was uplifting more to more to say so that would be my only pushback but you really make some great points but i want to pivot to you bj same question um what are some identifiable characteristics and behaviors that you look for in others or yourself in terms of self-sabotaging yeah so uh just sticking more on the behavior side of things there's three i'm going to talk about but it's kind of going to form a cycle so the first right. one uh for me is self-doubt and all three of these go together self-doubt fear of success and the fear of failure so yeah. Kind of in my football career, when I've started out, uh, I didn't come here playing, come to Quincy to play O-line, but I ended up getting moved to O-line and I had right. potential to be really good at O-line. Mm -hmm. uh, when that happened, I was very eager to get better at it and I did get better at it. But at the same time, I was scared of being bad at it. Uh, yep. So with that came my self-doubt. And as I doubted myself, then I was less likely to be successful. And then as I was less likely to be successful, I became scared of failing. Mm -hmm. uh, then eventually I would see that I'm actually good at what I can do. And with that, I'd get confidence. With the confidence came success. But with success came more opportunity for me to try new things, which would go back to failure sometimes. Failure leads to self-doubt for me. Back to the uh, fear of failure. Back to the fear of uh, success. So just kind of being afraid of growing and actually reaching your true potential is something that's been huge for me in uh, terms of self-sabotaging 
I know there are things that I can do on the field that a lot of people can't do. And right. I don't always attempt those things, even though they could make me look very good at football because I'm afraid if I mess up slightly that I won't be as successful as I want to be. You speaking to that real. Now we get to that real. Yes, sir. That, course, that's a, yeah, we talking about that real because that's the cycle is that feel a fear of failure. But what we don't always put into that equation as well is that fear of success because with success comes responsibility. And for people like ourselves and people that want to, like I said, go on for something that's higher than themselves or going for something greater than themselves. Right. Like with, you know, it's, the, the, it's heavy to wear that crown. Right. So with success, it come more responsibility. And if you view yourself as being or wanting to be successful, you understand that that's a, there's a pressure with that. Right. And with pressure, like, you know, what I'm saying either what burst pipes or, you know, make diamonds. Right. So yep, it's a exactly. it's a twofold issue. And I think sometimes we say we feel fair. We feel or we fear to fail. And that's that is a, a, a evident thing. But I also think on the other side, we fear success, too, and what that would look like for us. And those are things that are very, very apparent. And we, uh, a great point that you made with that. And uh, sticking on the three themes, since you guys gave me gave me three things, I, I, I have three points as well in terms of like self-sabotaging, like characteristics and behaviors. And my first one is risky behaviors, and just like Hale was speaking to. Like these includes the likes of gambling, substance use, like the frequency and amounts being consumed. Right. Oh, man, willingly being a part of illegal activities, doing it without true need to do these things. Right. There are people out here doing illegal stuff with no intention or no real rhyme or reason. Right. We know people out here really doing illegal things to benefit themselves. And it, it's I'm never going to condone the action in that, but they're doing it for a purpose. Right. And it, it is wrong, but they're doing it to gain something. Right. But that that in itself is self-sabotaging. We could get onto that. In a, in a different way. Like I said, I would never condone those actions, but the people that really are doing these risky behaviors with no intention and nothing to gain from it, that is a number one, like, sign for me. Well, that's one of those most prominent signs of self-sabotaging because you're putting yourself at risk for little to no reward. You know what I'm saying? So other than what I'll get into, number two, if, if there is a reward is number two, and that's seeking peer validation. Right. Doing things you wouldn't necessarily want to do or go against your morals, values and beliefs. But you do it anyway. You do it anyway. And largely due to the fact that one to gain the attention of a person or a group of people, we all do it like we're social beings. We want to feel love. We want to feel accepted. We want to be a part of something. Everybody wants to be a part of something. That's why gangs are a thing. That's why we identify with a team. That's why when I watched the Lakers lose, bro, I had to turn it off and all dang there started crying because I knew we were bad. But I still let it hurt me anyway. And that should teach you about boundaries, F fellas. Uh, definitely have boundaries. I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on that this season. But, you know, getting back to it, getting back on point, we seek peer validation. And uh, that's another behavior. And then lastly, and this is the big one. This is the big one. And it's going to lead into my next question. But this is the big one in terms of like self sabotage or self sabotage for me is comparison, comparing yourself to other people, looking at what others have. And becoming either discouraged or envious of someone else's reality. And I'm going to put that in quotation marks because it's never really their reality, right? Especially with social media. Um, uh, and then comparing it to the reality of your life, which we typically what? When we look at our lives and compare it to other lives, it's like, look how less we got and more they got. Like, we don't really ever count our blessings, right? We kind of minimize what we got. We're not really grateful for that. And as the saying goes, comparison is the thief of joy. It really is. And so that leads me into my next question. 
for you guys is we're in a generation that go that got to see firsthand the boom in social media use usage, right? We know that social media plays a huge role in most of our lives at this age, but it also has its fair share of pitfalls, including comparing our lives to others. In what ways has social media altered our way of perceiving our lives and the lives of others? And I'll go to you, BJ. What role do you think social media has played in us comparing ourselves to one another? So big thing with social media is that instant gratification. It's right there. You get to see everything immediately. Yep. There are so many times where I'll see stuff like uh, I have a, let's call it associate on TikTok uh, that I've got to know over to some time. And he's also a football player. And he is uh, probably have about the same amount of followers, but he plays at a D1. And he has every nil deal imaginable it is ridiculous and so you know sometimes i'll i'll go on there and see what he has new and i'll be like that's cool but then deep down in, in my head i'll be like i mean we got the same amount of followers i kind of feel like i i should be getting some of these deals too so just that instant uh ability to compare yourself to the other you know i can literally go on there whenever and look at that type of stuff and that's not really a good thing uh it's the same thing with followers. It's the same thing when you see your friends post their new car that they just got. Uh, and sometimes it's not even the real thing. Like sometimes, oh, they just saw a cool car in the parking lot. They post it. Your immediate right. thought, because you're not there, is going to be, oh, man, they're doing this. I'm not doing anything. But right. you can't really think like that. There's You don't gain anything out of doing that. And just ending it off uh, with the, the comparison thing. Favorite line from J. Cole is uh, from that love yours. Never going to be happy till you love yours. So, like, I think that's a great way to think about life. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't worry about what they got. Just keep pursuing what you want to do and doing what's best for you. Absolutely. That's very, very well said. And I'll pan that to you, uh, Hell. Um, what role do you think social media has played in terms of us comparing ourselves? And before I go into, before you give your answer with that, I want to also highlight how fortunate we were as kids to have that ability to start to gain an understanding of who you are as people. Like we were the last generation in my eyes to go outside and play. Our mamas and daddies was like, hey, you go outside and play. You ain't coming, you ain't running through in and out of this house, right? Yep. You either pick outside or you inside, you know what I'm saying? We out here drinking the, the water out of the faucet outside, or out of the out of the holes, bro, which yep. I mean, probably makes us immune to a lot of things or we might become mutants one day, who knows? But in saying that, though, is that we got to see ourselves in some form or fashion before social media came to thing came to be what it is today. And we were fortunate in that regard. And I want to make sure we highlight that the next generation ain't as fortunate. They grew up with that phone and social media. You know what I'm saying? I think I didn't get an Instagram. Instagram didn't even happen until I think we were like 11 or 12. You know what I'm saying? We had a kind of baseline understanding who we were. So... Um, I just wanted to get that precursor and understand that the next generation coming up um, is going to be a lot tougher and we got to be vigilant of that. So, hell, with that being said, what role do you think social media has played in terms of us comparing ourselves to others? Um, if you don't mind, I actually do. I actually want to expand more on the social media um, topic in general. Uh, I would oh. just say as <clears throat> a warning, all right, because I do believe this is very important, That is that social media will not only create 
a negative impact and be a downfall on your life. But social media can be the downfall of society in general, unless unless you understand and you mentally and bring yourself to the point where you understand the point of social media and how it should be used and what it should be used for. And what I was writing down is there's three main points in social media that I feel like is the most is what I believe social media is for, what only it should be used for. One is for connection, whether that's with family members, with people of like mind, as BJ said, the ability to link and connect with like minds of another football player, share thoughts, understanding, you know, that's something that the old generation um, wasn't, it was very hard for them to come across. And that in turn accelerates our growth and our innovation of what we can do. There's a lot of things that BJ were able to learn through social media that he may not have been able to learn through his general area for the good. So connection is a very important aspect, right? Second important aspect is knowledge. Now, knowledge is tricky because there's a lot of fake information going on, of course, right? Bingo. And then right. some, so much information is being processed. You don't know what's real or what's fake. So knowledge is probably the only aspect that I would say would be relatively open-ended. It could be good. It could be bad. Uh, there's a lot of places in, the, in social media and in the internet in general where you're going to learn way more than you would learn in college. And right. we'll just be honest about that. You know, all of us having college degrees and BJ finishing up his his degree, you know. Um, so I do. It's still important enough that I feel like it should be put in there. Uh, right. How important and how much you do gain from being able to be on social media and how much more you're able to grab. And then the third most important thing is perspective. You have to come in there with an open mind, the ability to connect with someone on the other side of the world and share their experience and understand their culture at a rapid pace like that. It's very important. But now these are my personal guidelines. People are going to have their own. But I will say going in there frivolously will lead to your own demise because social media expands on the extremes of human nature, whether good or bad. If it's good, strange. you're going to see great things. If it's bad, you're going to see the worst humanity has to offer. And seeing the worst, and if enough people see the worst of what humanity has to offer, then yes, you'll see a collapse of entire societies, civilizations, everything of that knowledge. And that is a very clear warning that I do want to make clear when we're talking about social media and the wonders of science and everything that's going on. I feel like that's a very important point that needs to be said. Absolutely. And what what I took away from even what you said is two things. Right. Especially with social media is one negativity sales. We know that. Right. The more negative something is, it's, it's like clickbait. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to sell. Right. You ever watch the news? How many times have you watched the news and they led with something positive? I'll wait. Like Cat Williams say, I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? Negativity yes. sales. We are attracted to that negativity. And so, yeah, they're going to push that out. There's going to be right in your face. It's going to be very apparent. You open your phone up, like there's going to be something negative. We're going to click on it. We're going to explain. And social media gives everybody a platform. So now everybody opinion. Now everybody feels like they need to have an opinion on everything. And we don't. We don't need to have an opinion. That's a that's a topic for another day. I'm gonna leave that alone. Everybody don't need to have an opinion on everything. It's cool that it gives people a platform to have that opinion, right? But everybody feels that they need to have a voice in it. And that's like I said, that's a topic for another day. But 
the other thing that it talks about too that you guys were speaking to it also talks about society as a whole now what i mean by that is society as a whole like you said it 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 blows it up and it magnifies it right just like anything like a substance magnifies who you really are right we talk like like liquor is the truth serum you know what i'm saying we get a little bit more loose you know what i'm saying whatever the case may be but what social media shows you is how polarizing society is there's no gray area you don't have a choice but to either be on this side or on this side and you better choose and social media is going to push you to choose even though the probably the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle it probably need to have some conversation you could probably see both sides but it kind of also gives you that pressure to have one definitive thought when it's probably a couple thoughts you could have and are not mutually exclusive. Like both thoughts could be true at the same time. So I think that's another downfall of social media is it kind of reinforces the idea that we have to be polarizing and we have to stand firm on whatever point and just die on that hill. And we don't really have to do that. But I do want to transition and I want to be super brief with this because I don't want to bore the people with my psychological concepts, which we were talking about earlier before we got on this call. But I think this is an important thing. Um, I think everybody would benefit from this. So using defense mechanism, we have this psychological concept with defense mechanism, right? Um, and defense mechanism, these mechanisms are best defined as being unconscious resources used by the ego, right? That's Freud. Shout out to Sigmund Freud, uh, Oedipus Complex, Ed Ego, all them guys, you know what I'm saying? The great psychologists out there. But a few common defense mechanisms I do want to touch base on, right? So denial, right? Declaring something to be untrue, refusing to believe something, repression, suppressing unwanted thoughts from our conscious mind, projection, attributing your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors onto someone else, putting you on somebody else, and rationalization, which I am a rationalization warrior, um, justifying your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, aka excuses. So with that being said, I want to be brief with this, but I think it would be beneficial for everybody to be at least aware of defense mechanisms and how we use them because we all use them and we use them every day to protect our ego. So that being said, Hale, can you explain how one of these defense mechanisms can play a big role in self-sabotage? You know, we've recently had this conversation. It was actually very interesting. Uh, we we're talking about a particular sports team. We we're talking about uh, scapegoats, essentially. But right. And since that, that's part of the projection is that, uh, yeah, we always talk about accountability, how important accountability is, how important awareness is. If you find yourself always having to that urge that it has to be more than me, it has to be someone else. We, we, this person did this, this person had to have done that. It's like, listen, we don't, we don't have to know all the details. You know what I mean? It's that at some point you do have to look down and acknowledge your own faults in whatever endeavors you went through. All right. And. Right. That, that has to be ground zero. That has to be the base. The base is you have to start with yourself. What did I do wrong? Right. Right. Then from there, while you can branch out, personally for me, I don't think it really matters. I really don't. I always had this, I had this logic, right? I'll keep right. it short. I had this logic is that the only thing that matters is the end result, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can branch back on what happened, how they get to there, right? But I hear that all the time whenever people project and talk about things. It's like, I just, what's the end result? The end result is I didn't get the job. It's like, okay, well, that's the only thing you need to worry about. At the end, you didn't get what you were looking for, right? 
And if more people focus like that, instead of focusing on, I need the excuse, I need that, I need that, I was like, no one cares. What is the end result? The end result is you didn't get it. The end result is you didn't get it. Okay. And why? And why? And I will tell you, the more you take accountability, the more you take control, the more you'll realize you'll actually get to the end result that you've been looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where there's a will, there is a way. That's a great saying, by the way. Um, I'll pan to you, uh, Big Dog BJ. What is uh, one of these defense mechanisms and how can it uh, play a big role in self-sabotage? Um, so I initially was going to talk about denial, but hell covered that pretty well. So I'm going to go repression. Um, so personally, I feel like when you don't take the opportunity to actually sit down and evaluate things with yourself, uh, you really just kind of let it slide. You say, forget it. We ball, you know, you know what I'm saying? We, right. Yeah. We ball. Yeah, yeah, yep. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I know it's you know, it's it, sure you keep moving on, you keep everything going all and well, or at least you think you do. But really, that stuff, like we talked about earlier, subconsciously, stuff is going to be going on that we're not going to be realizing. It's going to build up and build up and build up, and eventually, it's going to turn into something that's a little bit too big to handle. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of times we as men we end up cracking, or we need that that time to just sit in our car and chill for a little bit and just escape from raw reality because we let things build up a lot of times because we repress. That's where the kings of repression. Absolutely. Honesty. Absolutely. Yeah. We are, man. And this is why we, like I said, this is a, this is a driving force for us to even create this podcast is because what we don't know, what we don't know. That's why I push for those defense mechanisms because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. They're not aware that they, this is what they're doing. But once you educate yourself in a general sense, then you can start applying stuff to your life. And now I'm going to get into why rationalization was a big thing for me. Rationalization was a big thing for me because I deal in the reality of the world. I know what's going on. I know what I be doing. And I don't lie to myself. So I can't use denial. I'm not very suppressive because at the end of the day, I'm a crybaby. I'm very emotional. So I can't really suppress. I got to get it out now. And, you know, all of those other ones don't really work for me, but rationalization, boy, I was leaning on it, man. It was like my best friend. It was like my, my teddy bear, my, I don't know, I don't know, whatever, my, whatever you sleep with. That's what it was for me because it was justifying what I knew I was already doing. I had to do that because X, Y, and Z. See, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have had to do it. Shoot. Ain't my fault. You know what I'm saying? And I leaned on that. And that's a way of self-sabotaging because we, like I said in the last episode, we could start seeking that. We can start seeking excuses. See, shouldn't have went that. Look, there it go. Now I can't do what I need to do. Shouldn't have been that way. If it wasn't that way, I would have done it. And I was a rationalizing warrior, but that can lead us into self-sabotaging. So like I said, I wanted to be brief with that, but I think it's very beneficial to at least educate yourself on that and start applying it to your life. What am, am I using these? And you use them every day. We do it every day. We do it every single, every single day. So start applying how you use them and how it's hindering you from getting to your greater goal. So on the transition, we've been a little bit on the negative side and this, this episode is called avoiding self-sabotage, but we got to get out of our own way. And there is some light. We got to give some hope at the end of this episode. So I just spent a good deal of time speaking to what self-sabotage is, how it comes about and the ways it can be displayed in our lives. But now I want to switch gears and get into how we can pre- prevent this from happening in our lives and get out of our own way. I want to start off with speaking to how to go about changing our thoughts 
and our thoughts pattern or not thought patterns, which we know to be a catalyst to changing or altering anything in our lives. There's a saying that ideas change people and ideas change the world. So that go, that goes into my next question. And I'll go to you, BJ. Um, in your opinion, what are some ways to go about changing your thought or thought process to either avoid self-sabotaging or reverse course when you recognize that you are undermining your own success in life? So I'm sure you two will talk about doing this from uh, being the one to do this yourself. I, what I found to help me be successful in my life is bringing other people in and having a good support system. So mm -hmm. it probably was like two years ago, I actually started talking about uh, stuff to my parents, like outside of the, oh, my day's going fine and stuff like that. I actually started being real with them. And like when I was struggling with things, I would uh, tell them about it and they would really be the ones to push me forward. And then I start telling my friends because at first I was like, I can't tell my friends that they don't they don't care that I'm sad. Right. They're your friends. They care. So definitely be willing to tell your friends. Uh, just it's all about having a great support system in, in my mind. I know other people think of it different ways. Everyone's different. That's fine. But for me, I feel like having people who truly know me and truly understand how I uh operate and work it's, it's just great for keeping me from self-sabotaging myself and that absolutely. also allowed me to better understand how to not self-sabotage myself absolutely and it puts different like when we talk about the thought and the thought process right it also puts different perspective in your head right we big on yeah. hearing being willing to hear different perspectives you're able to hear everything outside of your lens right because we only we only can see like I, I say it all the time i'm gonna keep hammering in people's minds if we only see through our our eyes and we only hear through our ears bro and that's not the whole reality of the world that's the whole reality yeah. of our world and oh. we, that our world is not the entire world so it's good to have those people that perspective to help change your thoughts on a couple of things and to hear something because nine times out of ten, you're going to catch yourself like, dang, I never would have thought about it that way. I do that every day with somebody I trust and love. Uh, I got somebody in my ear like, dang, I never would have thought about it that way. But it's definitely important. So I want to shift to you, Hell. Like, in your opinion, what are some ways of going about changing your thought process to either avoid self-sabotaging or to reverse course when you see that you are doing such uh, self-sabotaging behaviors? There's so many things that you can say, and there's so many things that we've talked about, and uh, you can review previous episodes, and a lot of this stuff is still applicable, you know, with uh, right. accountability and, and everything like that. Um, but when it really gets down to it, I, in all honesty, you know, you just, you just have to go out and try. I really feel like it feels like some people really aren't trying, and that's not mean to hate okay you know everyone has their reasons but it does feel like a lot of people just really aren't trying i'm saying you have to fight that all right you have to at least try you have to make the attempt if you're trying to get somewhere and you realize you haven't even started and you haven't even tried that is a big problem that's something you need to do as as soon as possible whatever that means for you however that works for you whether you need to talk to people when you need to do it alone you know the right. biggest advantage that we put on this podcast is that we try to give people as many reasonable options as possible right but at the right. end of the day you can turn us off whenever you want right we're not there we're not next to you there's nothing we can do about that right you can just turn right. that off and then go back to your life but you need to turn this off at some point 
and then go do something. You need to go out and at least try. And we have plenty of examples in our lives where one day we just decided to try. We just decided to do it. You know, right. podcast, this podcast, whatever, whatever you want to say. But that's my personal message. That's something I, that will always be my message moving forward. Whatever we're doing is that I can make this sound nice. I can make this sound cool. I can have right. to come up with a little slogan. I can make this, you know, fun, right. put some tricks in the background and stuff. But at the end of the day, when you turn this off and you're by yourself or you go back to your normal life, you need to try to do something. You need to try to do what you are trying to do. And if you don't, then eventually you are just wasting your time. You know, you whatever you read, whatever you write down, whatever you journal, whatever you listen to, if you don't eventually have an application to any of that, then it's going to be all for nothing. You're better off not even try or not even going through that process in the first place. Absolutely. No, you, 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 oh man, that's why I needed the enforcer in on this one. I need the enforcer on it because you know I'm the nurturing one, but you a straight suitor and you calling a spade a spade because I think sometimes we get caught up like, oh, I took the first step. And that's, that's, that's dope because you got to take that first step and at least having those thoughts, at least journaling, you know what I'm saying? Having the initial stages. We always talk about at least taking that first step, but then we got to get past that at some point. And I think, like I said, we kind of find that crutch. Like, look, I mean, I took that first step. So woo, you got to give me time to start, you know, acting it out. And then as time goes on and we never get no action. And that's what I'm saying. We can't enable ourselves. Like we got to give ourselves some grace because a lot of things do take time. But I think sometimes we give too much grace and then we get into the enabling part where we not doing nothing. Like, look, at least I did the first thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you're speaking to. So in terms of my answer for that, like I said, this, this, it ties into our whole season as a whole is develop a develop a sense of self-awareness. Spend some time learning yourself. You know what I'm saying? What are your morals, beliefs and values? Like, do you unequivocally, without a doubt, believe in them and follow them? Like, do you believe in them? Do you really, truly, unequivocally follow them? Are you a, are you authentic and honest with yourself? Right. This is all this. This journey is only going to work if you're 100 percent honest about the good, the bad and the ugly. And you got to come with the energy for all three of them. And do you more so than knowing who you are? Right. You got to know who you aren't either. Like that's just as, uh, just as important. Like this ain't me, dog. I remember like Hale can attest to this because we had like our little spats and UCM and that we'll talk about in a later episode. But when I was going through my little thing or whatever. I remember having this like disagreement with him and I couldn't figure out why I was so angry. And BJ, you probably never got angry, Jordan, but hell definitely got angry, Jordan. But I want to let everybody to have it, bro. Like, oh, my God. And like, I'm a big if you know, I mean, y'all know me. I'm a big cheesy, non-serious, very unserious individual. I'm always smiling. I, I never I'm always up. And I'm like, bro, I am not an angry dude. And every day I thought I was going to wake up. You know, you ever tell yourself that you're going to wake up and be mad that day and then somebody make you laugh? That was me. I'm like, you know what I mean? Somebody go get it today. And, you know, I failed probably like five minutes in somebody making me laugh. I was like, dang, I was supposed to be mad today. But yeah, like that's that's what it is. It's like I knew I wasn't an angry person. I know I make light of it, but I know I'm not an angry person. And I have to I had to spend that time with myself to understand that. And number two for me is read and study those who you deem to be successful. Whatever that is, like read and study them. What 
when you're doing this though, it is good to feel inspired and to feel a sense of hope when you're seeing or hearing them, but really pay attention to when these people speak about their failures and the switches that they had to make in terms of their mindset. Like we all get caught up like this person here, this person here, this person here. But if you go read up on the people that you deem to be successful, what do most people do? They tell you about most of their failures because that's for the only time you're going to learn. You ain't going to learn too much from mountaintops. So definitely study those people you're being deemed to be successful. So I'll move into behaviors, right? And be brief and we'll get into the, the final uh, question for dialogue is although actions like hell said are although thoughts like hell said are the initial and most important piece in getting out of our own way. These thoughts can become obsolete if we do not find the proper ways to turn them into actions. And at some point, we have to find a way to produce results in our lives fueled by the ideas in our mind. Right. Like Hale said, being solution oriented. Right. What is the end goal? How do I get there where there is a will? There is a way and we possess the responsibility. That's one of my many mantras. So final question of the day for you guys. And I'll start with BJ again is generally speaking. What are some productive actions that we can take in our lives to keep us moving forward? And how do we go about making these actions become a habit? Find what you like doing. And whenever it gets to the point that you're down on yourself and you don't know where to go, take some time, go do what you enjoy doing. Me, I love editing videos. I probably have like 50, 60 plus just random videos edited on my laptop, on my phone that I know I'm never going to post, but I right. took the time out of my day because it wasn't the best day and I wanted to do something that make me smile. So I'd go find a trend on TikTok and recreate it with myself or I'd go find some cool effect on uh, YouTube and make it uh, in uh, Premiere Pro. It's just right. things like that that really allow you to keep moving forward at all times, let you get out of funks and let you get back in your groove once you get back in your groove, it's good vibes. Good vibes. I love it. I it's love good vibes. It. Um, hell, I'll shift to you. Like, what are some productive actions that we could take in our lives to keep moving forward? And how do we how do we make these actions turn into a habit and eventually into just our lifestyle? Uh, one of the biggest advantages that I decided to do was uh, to really sit down and jack down some long-term goals that I wanted, you know? Uh, there's a content creator. I wish I remembered the person's name, so I apologize because uh, it's kind of blanking me now. But It'll essentially what the person what the person would ask is that, you know, pick pick an age such as 35 or, or 50 or something like that. And it's like, what does that life look like now? Like now you're 50. What's going on in your life? What does that look like for you, right? And then you start there and then you work backwards. It's like, okay, well, what are the steps that actually get to that particular life that I would want to be at, at 50, right? And I, I think that's the best way to start is to have a long-term goal. You can have a bucket list. Bucket lists, I feel like, are great things, too, of things that you would like to do, you would like to try. You know, something that got you thinking about the long-term, because when you start thinking about the long-term, you start thinking about the small little things that you can improve on to get you to that goal. Long-term goals aren't directly achievable, but they're within the realm to where you know where a certain amount of time, work, and effort, you can get to that place that you want to be at and whatever that means for you, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those, and that, and y'all basically summed up my answer. 
in a, in a sense. And I got like a two part answer and one more is the, the latter part of it is more so advice than the answer. But my thing is what BJ said, right? And I'm, yeah, I know I'm big on mantras. I'm big on sayings, man. That's, that makes up my entire life. Like that's just my stuff. Like you said, BJ, what works for you? Um, and I'm a big Colin Cowherd fan. So I get a lot of my mantras from him, but he says something regularly on this show. Obviously sports kind of applies to life in a lot of regards, right? It's just, but one of his sayings is, is lean into your strengths, lean into what you're good at. What are you good at? And what are you passionate about? And make that commitment to fully lean into it, right? I know like BJ, you talk about, um, uh, for you, you, well, you're good at a lot of things. You got football and you good. You got height. You got a lot of, I, mean, I ain't going to go down the list of what you got, man, but you, you got a lot of skills, but you lean into, <laughs> you lean into your skills, right? You talk about how passionate you are about editing these things. You, you find ways of like, dang, this might be corny to somebody or this might not be your thing, but I love doing this and I'm going to fully lean into it. You made that commitment because that works for you. That brings you the greatest joy, right? That is your sure. strength for hell. A lot of things you, boy, one of the smartest people I ever met. You have leaned and you double down too. You ain't just leaning. You a double downer too. You double down on what you're good at. And that's what makes you so great at what you do. And like in terms of your edits, the funny edits that you started off in UCM, which people should probably not see because that's not the most appropriate thing in the world to see. But the, the, the fact that matter is you lean into that and you make a commitment to that. You make that commitment to your craft. Make sure you hone that craft consistently. Like you said, BJ, for you, you just doing stuff on the regular that you're passionate about and you do it so much. You don't think that it's like you're working it. But the more you do it, the more it becomes second nature to you. It's like, oh, man, I do this so much, but it's not work because you're passionate about it. You love doing it. So you've doubled down and made that commitment to it. And you want to take this strength further in life. See the requirements to get to where you need to go. Develop consistency and enjoy enjoy the journey. Enjoy what you're doing. Carve out time to work on this craft daily and stick to it. For me, we always got the running joke that, oh, my God, Jordan, here he goes with his four page scripts every week. And what's so crazy is like I, I know we talk about it all the time. I y'all know I love joking. But like for me, I love writing. I love writing. I love reading. Shout out. Actually, while we on the subject. I'm going to promote this book. This is a great book. I got two bookmarks because I can't ever forget. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The Tipping Point, yep. How Little Things Make a Big Difference is a great book. And it's, it's, it's feeding my mind with so much knowledge about human behaviors and stuff like that. But I, those are the, it just sums up this whole episode is like, those are people I aspire to be like, right? Gaining more knowledge. I love reading. I love writing. Like it's not work to me. So when I send these things out, it might like, why did he carve out so much time to do this? But I love putting words together. I love like writing scripts. I love reading. I love knowledge. You know what I'm saying? I have an obsession with it. it's crazy. Um, but you just lean into you make that commitment and you're good. And to close out for me, and I'll get y'all closing remarks here in a second, but I just want to give a little bit of advice because I think this is an important thing that we all can benefit from. I think it's important during this time to have at least one person, at least one, one person that you can tell, um, that can tell you about yourself without feeling a need to rebuttal. I think it's really, really important that you can have somebody that can tell you the good, the bad and the ugly, and you don't have anything to say back to them. Someone you trust, someone you respect, of course, but someone who isn't afraid to tell you how it is and what you truly need to hear. 
because that's the only way you're going to be able to grow. You cannot just look within all the time. Yeah, we talk a lot about looking within. But like I said, it's good to hear that perspective. It's good to hear something else. And you got to have somebody that can tell you about yourself. My person is my sister. I love her so much because that woman be on my I'm, I'm not going to cuss on this episode, I promise. But she be on that with me. But I respect her so much for that because now I'm able to see so much things in a different light that I never had access to. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go with Hale. Any closing remarks on this episode? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with a quote that I'm trying. I, I try every day to live by and something that it, it's almost haunting in a sense, but it's a great quote to understand. And the quote goes that, do you know where the best ideas are and where they can be found? Well, they can be found in the cemetery along with everyone else's hopes and dreams. And it's just so haunting because when you sit down and unpackage that, that's the that's a synopsis of what's going on is that we want you guys to, at the very least, make the attempt of trying to find your happiness, your hopes, and your dreams, because at the end of the day, the clock is ticking. One day, none of us are going to be here anymore. And you would have to think there's so many people that are in that cemetery now that have had ideas that can change the world, but they didn't have the courage to enact on them or at least give it a shot, right? right. So part of the closing remark with that is just don't, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Don't be afraid to try something, fail, whatever you have to do. One big thing that people tell me and Jordan all the time, especially I've heard this when uh, I was back in college, was that, uh, you know, we didn't come off as guys who would do something like this. Not at all. Right. You know, we were we were great people, cheesing, great to be around. We didn't seem like the serious type of people. We didn't seem like we... Um, had this much thought going on in our head, you know, it just seemed like we were just there, just happy to be there. Right. right. And part of that was that to a degree, we couldn't have done this podcast in college. We just couldn't. But at some point we decided to reinvent ourselves. We decided to hone in on what we like to do, what we want to try. And it's a constant thing that we keep doing. You know, we, we were edging in two months from now on our one year anniversary from when we started this thing. Right. right. That is true. And from when we started to right now, it's nothing short of us trying, Fact. literally us deciding to try, literally us coming together. I'm good at this. Let me do this. You're good at this. You do this. Right. And then right. with that, we hone in on our skills. We try to reinvent ourselves. We try to make it work as best as we can. And we everyone wants to shoot for the top. But in all honesty, it doesn't really matter if we get there or not. It'd be cool, but it really doesn't matter. The most important thing is I can live the rest of my life in happiness knowing that I gave it a shot and I tried. And that's right. the feeling that I want to give to everyone else, right? If you at least make the attempt and it doesn't work out, you'll always have that satisfaction to know that you gave it a shot. And then from there, you can build off of that. Oh, man. I, I almost hang that in the library. Well, first off, that need to be in the Library of Congress. And we can put that in the loop, too. That was very well said. Very well said. I'll shift to you, BJ. Uh, closing, any closing remarks, any final thoughts that you have on this, on this episode or this topic? Yeah, I'll be brief, but it's not a story, but just a general thing about myself. 
One of the things I do in my free time outside of edit videos is I bake. I'm six foot six, football player, offensive lineman, chance to go play the next level, and I'm making cake pops in my free time. Facts. And you would think that, (laughs) thank you. And you would think that I would care about people judging me or think it's soft or something like that. I could care less because honestly, I enjoy it. And I enjoy it because my dad uh, was the one who started baking in my family. And that's kind of something that we have in common is we're both bakers. So just don't worry about what other people think about you. Don't let that be the thing that stops you from doing something that you love doing or that you want to try doing just because you're worried that someone else is going to judge you. It's, it's not worth it. Fact. And that, and, and I'll close out on this, um, is what you, what we all got to realize is that as some, and Mr. Eleanor Roosevelt, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the, the quote, but you know, no, she basically says is like, no matter what you do, you'll always be judged. It doesn't matter, man. Somebody's there's nothing definite in this world except for death, right? There's a quote that says, like, tomorrow is promised, just not for all of us. There's going to be a tomorrow whether you're here or not. We all like to say tomorrow isn't promised. No, it's going to be another tomorrow whether you're here or not. And like you said, hell, the time is ticking. So just, you know, that's why I say lean into it. That's why I got the, I, the, you know, I showed the now tattoo. It's like we all got this illusion that we got all this time. But everybody got a due date on their head and nobody know when it is. Right. So at least like Hale said, I got the most peace at heart knowing every day I wake up, I'm a mess up, but I'm going with 100 percent energy to get better at something. And that's all we can do. Right. You're never going to master anything in this life. That's why it's called modeling in power narratives and not model in power narratives because it's not Dover with. We got to keep doing it every day. We got to make those decisions every single day to keep this going, to keep getting better. And if you do that enough, you'll have that when it's all said and done, you'll have that peace in your heart. Like no matter how I shook out, that wasn't in the cards that God had dealt for me, but I gave him my all. And that's all you can do. And that's that's a thing that we can lean on. And that should push you towards doing whatever you want to do, because you're going to be judged regardless. I get we get judged for the podcast. You know, how I many people talk about the podcast. I like, get these mics out of people. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted to use it in a way where we can empower one another, how we can, you know, elevate one another. Like you said, social media can be used either positively or negatively. Let's, I wanted to use this for us to give a platform for us to be ourselves and to elevate other people that are feeling the same way as us. So we're going to keep doing that. And you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, success doesn't happen by accident. You know, you, you have to make it happen. And yep. I feel like, I feel like we owe it to ourselves. And if you need something uh, that would be higher for you, I feel like you owe it to humanity to at least give it the best of what you have, because it's a miracle that we're all here to even begin with. And just like what we're implying is that you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. So at the very least, do the best that you can every single day. Yeah, and live. And most importantly, and we'll close out on this, is be where your feet are at. Be where your feet are at. Be in the moment. Be where, you know what I'm saying? Be where your feet is at. Be in that space and you just, you take care of that. You do those, you do that a hundred times, 300 times, and you do that for a whole lifetime, then you're going to look back on your life and you're going to be like, dang, I I came with that energy every day and look how much I've accomplished because success is in the work. But with that being said, um, great episode, you guys. Thank you for BJ giving his first 
um, on camera experience we took out of his probably busy schedule. I, I know what it is like to be a cut. Co- we all know what it is to be a college athlete in the middle of a season. So we appreciate that. Make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. We'll have that in the video descriptions. And we, we talked about it. We'll keep pushing out great content and we look forward to um, you guys commenting, sharing and all of those things. Cause we, we would love to hear your feedback. So that being said, man, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it.